this is Will Wheaton. You're listening to Radio Brendo Man. Welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy, and, and I- <laughs> Andrew is here, Andrew yes. Lindy, because Phil's on vacation. Again. Again, for a long time. And uh, and we are here at Arcade Expo, and uh, still waiting to fill the room. Yeah, if anyone wants to come in here, a free podcast, that's... That's up to them. I don't think they. I don't know. I think they'd rather play video games. Yeah, I kind of. I kind of don't. Because it's like blame hmm, them. Because there's a lot of video games out yeah, there. Yeah, you've never been here before. So, like, tell me about your impressions when you were coming. What were you expecting? Uh, I mean, I think I just wasn't expecting something of this size. Yeah. Uh, because I. I mean, obviously, I looked this up on Google Maps and I was like, oh, I guess I see it's like a lot of buildings, but I didn't realize I'm walking up and down rows and rows and rows of arcade games from. Across time, like there, there's it's pretty the, much like every arcade. Yeah, game it's ever, some of the almost. the oldest stuff and some of the newest stuff, and it's crazy to me that it's all here and it's all like free play. We just paid one price to get in and it's just have fun. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. And there's like it's not even like there's any lines. It's you know most most machines. It's just one person playing, and when they're done, you can just hop right in. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Well, I just want to give a quick shout out to Dan at Arcade Expo for letting us do this and um, for Phil for starting to arrange it. And then I had to kind of come in and finish it. it. It's fine. <laughs> um, and, and we figured it out. So it was cool. And hopefully we'll, we'll be back stronger. Um, we're coming back in October. Mm-hmm. So everybody head over to arcadeexpo.com. Um, it's worth the travel, uh, the trip out here, right? Like this is pretty crazy. Yeah, I had a bit of a drive, but how it, long did it take you to get it. here? An hour and a half. It's not bad. I don't like. I just don't like driving. <laughs> I hate driving too. I hate it too. Like, yeah, I hate it. Mm-hmm. It sucks, right? Yeah, I don't understand people that like driving. Like I that's don't weird. Like it. I mean, it, it, I, it gets. Where did your like dislike of driving? Did you always dislike driving? I think it was there was just one there was one family vacation. Yeah. Um, where like my dad, trip. yeah, my dad had decided we we're going to drive. At the time, we had a van. Yeah. A, a very red van, and we drove it all the way across America. Oh my <laughs> we God, drove how it. How long did that take? Oh, days yeah. and days and days. And we did this. It was timed somehow. You back and forth. We drove all the way to South Dakota, uh-huh. and then we st- we stopped along the way, and then we stopped on stuff on the way back. Yeah, and it was timed exactly to where we'd be leaving Las Vegas, and I'd make it just in time to. Uh, it w- it was right before I went into high school, and I had to register to get a locker. So we drove from Vegas, did the fastest drive of our lives back to where we lived really quickly to drop off some stuff, and then go to the school so I could get my locker. It was it was it was an insane, and, and I hated since it because we were just driving all the time. We, yeah. You know, obviously we'd sleep in motels or whatever, but yeah, oh, I've done that. I drove all the way from. I was staying at some when I moved out to the Midwest um, in 2000. I drove from San Francisco Bay Area all the way to 
just south of Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, God. But I did it, like, real slow. It uh-huh. took me, like, five. But even that, I was so done. Maybe, because I've never been a big fan of driving, and that kind of was the kicker for me. And I've done some really long road trips, mm-hmm. and those always suck. Yeah. And I've even done them, like, with other people. I mean, growing up, my dad used to drive us from, we'd go out to my grandparents' farm for the summer, and my dad would, like, drop us off there. And <laughs> and that was driving from San Diego to the far northeast, like four hours east of Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. So that was like a 24-hour-plus drive. And Ugh. you have to drive through Arizona in the middle of the night, otherwise you die. Yeah. I, I just remember there was another thing that um, I'm sure is why I don't like driving either. I I don't get car sick. Yeah. Um, but one time we um, – I was driving – or I wasn't driving, but I was in the car, was in the back seat, and I had just gotten a portable DVD player, and I was watching it for a good portion of the drive and then I stopped watching it and I was immediately like uh, I was like stop the car I'm going to die like I was just like spinning yeah because from looking at a you know a screen oh, yeah. for hours and then you look up and the world's moving all around you it's just I couldn't handle it something clicked for me where I used to read in cars all the time and then one day we were driving home from a Boy Scout trip, and I was reading my book, and I don't know what happened, but I looked up at the road, and I just threw up. Oh, my God. And then after that, I can never – I can't read or play DS or do anything when I'm in the car. Mm. Although this last field trip I went on, I started trying to read a book on the bus because it was like we were going all the way from Santa Monica Pier to San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. It took like four hours because yeah. of traffic. And I'm like, I have to read something or I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> and these kids are driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I just forced myself. And I think I had actually worked. Wow. I didn't get sick. But maybe because I was on a bus. Yeah. It's different. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, yeah. So w- let's talk about video games since we're here. Yeah, the- we're here. Let me- so you went to the first one. of yeah. the- Is this the second one or is this, this- is the third one? Okay. The third time they've done it. That's why it says 3.0. Oh, I get it. I feel like I've been to everyone. And mm-hmm. so this is the third one. And... Walter Day and Billy Mitchell were just here mm-hmm. in this room, and then they left, and now there's nobody in here. But it's cool. Yeah. And uh, I, Billy Mitchell is like a, he's like taking pictures of people. So I was gonna try and ask him if he wanted to come and be on the show, but he's 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 a he's a he's, this is like this is he's like God here basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, because he's like. They were talking about his, all his world records that he has in video games, and mm-hmm. I know he's still really involved in that. And then Walter Day, like the referee guy from King of Kong, is yeah. also here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, last year they were showing like all these movies and stuff, and we got to talk to him for a while. And um, nobody believes me, but like Billy Mitchell's like the nicest dude. I remember hearing that after the um, after King of Kong came out, the the documentary. Well, like him and Steve, like they really. I don't think they were ever like deceitful, mm-hmm. but they just framed it in a certain way. Well, it's the, it's the way that documentaries can yeah. be um kind of not false, but the the there's a narrative. There's a narrative, there's a and, narrative and so they'll they frame things in that narrative. Yeah, they'll leave out things that like, don't fit the narrative. Things like the fact yeah. that Steve Weeby and Billy Mitchell are actually really good friends. Yeah. And Wasn't it a big like thing that. in the in the documentary? It was like, and they never spoke to yeah, each other. Which is, which is I'm sure, is not, not true, true because I'm sure they just yeah. didn't have those and then, scenes like, in there. They really do everything they can to paint him as like this bad guy mm. when actually he's a super nice guy. He loves <laughs> video games and he loves, he sells his own hot sauce. <laughs> Um, and, and, and then Walter Day kind of comes off as this also kind of scheming type, like, 
But he's a really – he just loves video games. Yeah. What uh, is your history? As I was going to ask, like how old are you just for the record? I'm uh, 27. So by the time you were like – or like by you were – what year were you born? 89. 89. I, I can't do that. <laughs> so by 89, arcades already were kind of – well. I, yeah, on you, their way they out. were on their way out, but I I have memories of the Starcade from from Disneyland. Oh, yeah. I uh, because I, when I was very young, my family always kept up. We usually always had s- either someone was always working there that we knew, or there was some way that I could go constantly. And so I I remember, and I miss back the, when it the actually Starcade. had yeah. freaking video games in it. And um and then even the like nickel nickel. Yeah, there was a. I always had a local nickel nickel. Oh, there growing was that up. one in. Is that one in Cypress? Still it's gone. There? It's gone. Because that's one of the last places that i remember going to because mm-hmm. i would go there and play crazy taxi for like <laughs> ever <laughs> but yeah uh i like i like arcades a lot like oh, and I'm, yeah. I'm always glad when i can find you know a game somewhere or any kind of stuff i mean like i don't know there was a for a long time where where i grew up there was a shakies and that always had the little you know thing in the back not so much yeah. for this kind of arcade style it was like you know getting the tickets but i just love that stuff and it's great kind of like the the redemption games never really went away those are still no yeah if anything they've increased and whereas video arcade games are like it feels like there's a resurgence now just because Mm. of the nostalgia and there's barcades now yeah and all that stuff like it seems to be making a resurgence but there was a huge period of time mostly because of the proliferation of home systems yeah. and when the systems finally caught up to the arcades and it's like why would i go to the arcade also i was like growing up in the 80s there was definitely a period where my like arcades did draw a cd element <laughs> and i was not allowed to go in we had a local arcade by the movie theater mm-hmm. in my neighborhood it was called pinball plus um any of my, any of the listeners from Encinitas know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and it definitely attracted a rough crowd. And I was never allowed in there. The only times I would get to go in there is if my dad would be like, let's go in. Or if I was with some other friend and like my parents weren't around and, and we were able to kind of finagle our way in there. But, um, I remember the last time I was in Pinball Plus, some tough boy oh, no. tried to like start some stuff oh. and just over nothing. And then a cop like was there and like I ended up like, like the cop somehow thought that we were part of all this. And then mm. I remember having to like, I just started crying and the cop let oh, go no. and it was a whole big thing. I was in junior high and then like a few years later, Pinball Plus closed, but. But there was the biggest arcade growing up was there was an ice rink at UTC in La Jolla. And then above the ice rink, there was the, uh, what was it called? Yellow Brick Road. And I remember going there in junior high when Street Fighter was huge. And Capcom actually had one of the first official Street Fighter tournaments was at. And there was like you could win a Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition arcade machine mm. so of course i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this <laughs> and i immediately got eliminated like yeah. first round done have a nice day no and i remember watching the kid who won and he was like some japanese kid and uh he he won that arcade machine took it mm. home i was so jealous i just remembered um it was this was quite a few years back it was probably almost 10 years ago um i went to san francisco 
and they have a, a pinball, or at the time they had a, like a pinball museum there. Oh, yeah. And it was like a whole, it was like a history of arcade. Like they had some that you could play, but it was mostly about like seeing the old, like the old machines and how they worked and like how they were illegal for a while yeah. and how the, all the loopholes. It, it, it was considered, considered gambling. gambling. Yeah. Which is crazy. So they had to find like loopholes on how to allow it into places. And they had all those old, um, like we were talking about Disneyland at the Penny Arcade where you, you could crank the thing and see yeah. the, they had some of those. Like it was, it was a really neat experience. And I was very glad that I was able to go see that. Like I love like this whole history of pinball and arcade and, yeah. All that stuff. And that's, uh, that's what's really interesting here is they, they also have, it's not just the systems, but like on the walls, they have like posters and advertisements and the like memorabilia. They have stuff like honoring the, you know, the different arcade things. It's, yeah. it's really, it's really We're a actually, neat place. The area that we are in in this pinball museum, this is, there's the Walter Day trading card museum. And he actually, to kind of preserve a history of like famous, figures in the video game world and in mm-hmm. the arcade world he's made these trading cards and he's collected them and it's actually you can see the whole history of them along the walls it's really cool mm-hmm. so it's become this kind of permanent place and uh and yeah so so it's really fun and i guess i wanted to ask you like what is your favorite arcade machine Oh, uh, well, I, it was the first thing that I played when I got here. I think it's pretty, the Kicks? Kicks? Yeah, it's like Q-I-X. It's a pretty, it's a pretty crazy game where you're, you're trying to fill in, like, the space by drawing lines to kind of fill in the area. Mm-hmm. And you're trying not to get hit by the, there's like little, um, like flashing lights going around the edges and you're trying not to get hit by them and like a line that's bouncing around in the middle trying to destroy the lines that you're creating. So it's kind of like a puzzle type? It's kind of, you're trying to like fill in the middle space, uh, like not slowly because then you'll get more of the little flashy guys that try and come and kill you, but you, like in an efficient way. But it's so hard to predict where that little, the line's going to move around and hit you. I think Phil's a big fan of that one. There's also one here that Phil once played for like four hours. Jeez. It's called Pepper 2. Oh, okay. And... It's kind of like Pac-Man, but mm. like this weird, bizarro Pac-Man where mm. there's multiple rooms and multiple like elements to it. And, uh, and Phil just got completely obsessed mm. to the point where there is, if you go on archive.org, they have like a whole like museum. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I showed him that and then he just, that's all he does for yeah. a little bit. Uh, another one that I always loved was, uh, Burger Time. Oh, that's a classic. And I have a funny thing. It was really hard. When I was, when I was, uh, much younger, but we still had a computer in yeah. the, in the house, uh, I had found a way to download Burger Time, but because, you know, it was the internet was so new and I had no idea what was going on, I downloaded it and then I couldn't turn it off. It was like, there was no exit button. And so my dad was really mad and I think he just restarted the computer and it went away. But it was so weird. That I downloaded a game that it we like could an not exit from. Thing or was I, it just I like guess a program? I, have, I have no idea what I did to that computer, but it was fine. It was just like a weird. It was like I wanted to play Burger Time so badly, and I found a way to download it, and it almost destroyed the computer. It was it was something. Well, those I remember trying to figure out because I'm I'm sure that's like taboo here, but like emulators mm-hmm. and trying to figure those out, like the arcade ones. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if any of the. Um, the systems out there are using some kind of emulator instead of... Well, I think there's a couple, but I think a lot of this is just, like, legit, mm-hmm. true, like, they, I mean, because um, 
the the problem with arcade machines is like at a certain point like they're really hard to keep because they're like these are using old CRTs mm-hmm. it's all these old things and there's a finite amount of that they're not making CRT screens anymore i mean yeah. i think there's like hobbyists that are that's where i would love to have like a hardcore like some of these guys like the preservation guys cuz mm-hmm. i think there maybe might be a few guys that are still making new but like it's got to be expensive and then, like, the boards, like, again, those only have, like, a certain, like, you really got to take care of them or they, yeah. and and so that's got to be a lot of work, I, I have to assume. And then keeping these pinball machines yeah, up to, like, that's constant. And you see a lot of them, there's, like, oh, this is working, but the, like, screen's not working. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, all this stuff. Like, I was playing, uh, I found they have an 89 Batman machine, the Data East one, mm-hmm. and... The front, like, the actual thing that tells you your score and does, like, animations isn't working. Aww. And so it kind of is a bummer. But then mm. I'm like, these old, but I shouldn't be so mad because these old machines, um, have none of that stuff to begin with. Mm. And it is funny seeing what's popular here and what's, like, everybody is, like, if you go the, the far end of the arcade room where it's, like, all the newest stuff, that seems to be where everybody is. Yeah. And then as you get to like the like the older things, there's like way less people. Same thing with the pinball. Like the pinball row that's like by far the busiest is the one that has like the Game of Thrones and act there was actually a line for the WWF WrestleMania. <laughs> actually WWE because it's not one of the original ones. Hmm. I was hoping to see there's a one of my favorite pinball machines is the old WWF Royal Rumble table Hmm. but they do not have that here they also don't have the old one of my favorite arcade games of all time is wwf wrestlefest (laughs) and they don't have that i was so obsessed with it that there was a point where i actually looked into so they have you can buy just the boards for the arcade games that has like the chips in it they're called jamma boards Mm -hmm. and then you either need an arcade machine to plug it into or they have this thing now that you can buy that it's kind of like a console where you plug the board in like Ooh. a cartridge and then it has like joysticks attached to it. But the, the boards themselves are like, you can get for like a hundred, 200 bucks per game. But then this console thing is like another like $400. I'm like, that seems like a lot of money just to play. Cause I feel like with a lot of this stuff, it is like 95% nostalgia. Yeah. And then once you get that fix, you're like, I think I'm good now. Mm-hmm. Like, I bought Bubble. I was so obsessed with Bubble Bobble for a minute <laughs> after they announced that it was going to be on the NES Classic uh-huh. that I, but I couldn't find an NES Classic. And then I got it on my PS4 because they have like these like arcade classic titles and they're like eight dollars. Mm-hmm. And played it for like an hour and I'm like, I think I'm good now. <laughs> Same thing. I like. I was really like, I want to play Double Dragon. And so I got Double Dragon on the virtual console because mm. it's like the arcade one because they have the arcade one on the PS4, but the Nintendo one it's a it it's a very different game mm. and it but that's what I grew up playing and I played that for like an hour and I'm like I think I'm good and that's where I'm almost because I I gotta wonder how many people that bought the NES Classic are still playing it yeah. Do you know anybody that bought it? Cause I mean, I, no. I don't even know where you find one of those things. Didn't Phil get one or no? No, he got oh, okay. a Switch. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. The, no. the Switch was easier to get than that stupid <laughs> NES Classic. That well, is, like, Well, I crazy. think they didn't want 
they didn't want to have a bunch of extra NES classics. I understand just, that, but they have, it feels to me like they are so full of crap, like that they, they don't know how many pr- to produce, especially on that thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that thing, no matter, like they should have, I don't know, it's really crazy to me that they, they don't know how many people want this and like everybody over the age of 30 wants one of these. Well, the, um, it's funny cause I remember in the, um, did you ever play Animal Crossing? Oh yeah. In the original Animal Crossing. Well, you could play all you the could, old games. You could play like NES game. It, somehow they would. I remember when Phil told me about that. It was that, so weird. And it was, I got, and then like, then I bought it from, I bought a GameCube mm-hmm. and I bought, and like, and then there's ones I still haven't, cause there's some of them you could only get with the, uh, you had, you had to have the card reader. Oh, yeah, the card and you reader. You had the cards, and Phil was like obsessed with that. Hey, guys, how's it going? Cool. We're just recording our podcast. Feel free to hang out. And it's nice and cool in here. <laughs> We're having a good time. Yeah. Well, we talk about everything. We talk about video games. Today, we're specifically talking about video games just because we're here at the Arcade Expo. Video games in general, like arcade games. Everything. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to talk about a game that... Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about a specific game <laughs> yes. that I found here because before I came here and saw it at Arcade Expo, I'd only heard about it in like cracked articles and there, there was, did you ever read, there was this guy who wrote for GamePro, his name was Sean Baby. Oh yeah, yeah. And I remember it was at the top of his like craziest video games of all time list. Huh. And I, so, and the game is called Chiller. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I showed it to you because I'm like, you have to see this game. Yeah. And it's it's a pretty dumb game, but we found out that there was a lot more. La- I think I don't think anybody because I've watched people play it here, and basically you it's like this it, the first level it's like this torture chamber, and you have this crossbow, and you just shoot you like you can like decapitate a guy. Yeah. It's like really stupid cartoon violence, and apparently it like was never it was like. Banned in a lot of countries. I don't, you say cartoon violence, but it was it was pretty graphic. It's pretty violence. gory. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty gory, especially for 1986. Yeah, like and and so you're shooting, and then you figured out that there's like you actually like beat the level, which well, I didn't even think was possible before the level started. It popped up and it said use these clues to beat the level or something, and it had little squares with shapes of them, and I was like, oh, that looks like a skull, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll shoot all the skulls, and I I made it to the third level. And which I had never seen past the first level. <laughs> so the second level was like this weird, could like blood river. Yeah. And then there yeah. was like, you could lower this woman into the river and she got eaten by an alligator. Yeah. And you're like shooting people's heads off. And then the second, the third level, there's like guys. It was like a like, hallway. There's like, oh yeah, the third level is like a hallway. Um, oh, there was also like torture racks. Yeah. And you're like pulling people apart. Yeah, I had, I didn't figure and out then, that you shoot the, uh, you shoot the spinner on yeah. it and it'll pull them apart. And yeah. like if it you shoot took me like on the two first turns. level, yeah. if you shoot the vice that like squishes the guy's head, mm-hmm. just crazy. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird and, and gory. It doesn't even seem to like, have that much of a purpose beyond you're just, no, you're just, I think just it was just made this to room. shock people. Yeah. And, but I don't think there's, I have never seen that arcade machine anywhere. I've never heard of it. I mean, I'm sure I read some of those, um, articles that you're talking about from yeah. the top well, craziest games, but I yeah, don't and remember then there's it at all. The ultimate, which is, oh, I forgot what it's called. So there's this game that like allegedly, like nobody, there's no proof that it ever actually existed. Oh boy. Um, but it was supposedly popped up in the Oregon area and it was used by the CIA to like test, like, 
for like brain control purposes and supposedly like it got in like the, the the guy running the arcade it's like this urban legend thing. yeah yeah and oh man i forgot what it's called it sounds great though but um somebody made like there was a kickstarter documentary but i don't think mm. they raised their money because there's all these like friend of a friend stories about it they're like oh i saw it at um at like this i'm gonna try and look it up but they were like it sounds like just one step away from the last starfighter where it's like they use this arcade machine to find yeah like it was supposedly like a cia recruitment tool <laughs> and uh i'll find it but um and and so there's all kinds of legends like, oh, I saw it at this pizza parlor and like, mm. and then some guys in black suits came and like took it away oh and, mm. and all this stuff. Uh-huh. But, um, that's like always, there's always like chatter on the internet about it. Mm. And, but I think it's just, it's one of those kind of hoax things. Mm. But you know what? Everybody said it was a hoax that Atari buried all those ET cartridges. In the landfill, and they actually... They found them. They found them. So, you never know. Um, oh, I don't have signal out here, but... <laughs> you guys are kind of like, that game was kind of like, have you seen Clerks uh, Animated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. the pyramid, that, yeah. that game, that, yeah, so that's like, that was like more of a Last Starfighter kind of thing. Uh-huh. Did you ever watch Clerks Animated series? I did, but I don't remember there this. There was an episode where Randall, they, they go to their old high school... And there's this game called Pharaoh. Okay. And Randall's like, I was the champion of this. And so he like does it and these guys just kidnap him and then it, and then he thinks he's gonna like, it's gonna be this awesome thing, but instead he just has to like move bricks around all day and like <laughs> build pyramids. And, and then it turns into like this, uh, Temple of Doom ripoff where like, Dante has to come and they have to save all the kids because mm-hmm. they're just like using him as slaves. Was that, I mean, do you remember, I, I love talking about this movie. Do you remember the movie Toys? Oh yeah, wasn't that a thing in toys where oh, they were? Well, toys is really crazy. It was like we're using the arcade like machines using to bomb it to train soldiers, yeah. and then like they're so they're like actually because it was like this weird, which is like Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. So it was like this weird Ender's Game type thing, but in this Robin Williams supposedly kids movie. Man, but then he also that was a kids movie. That movie was nuts. <laughs> but I did watch it a lot when I was a kid. So yeah, they had like this video game that they were making, but it turned out they were turning all these kids. Well, because the guy, the guy who had taken control of the. um of the toy company was like a like a soldier guy. I don't know. Yeah, I Polybius. Oh, so okay, P O L Y B I. I feel like I've heard of this. Yeah, they actually. So it's an urban legend. It's said to have induced various psychological effects on players, and the story describes players suffering from amnesia, night terrors, and a tendency to stop playing all video games. I wonder if there's um, a creepypasta about that. I'm that feels sure like there that's, is. That's right. This is definitely like a creepypasta thing. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, like, um, but there's all kinds of like hoax pictures, and it was supposed to have appeared in the Pacific Northwest somewhere. Oh. Like, the first documented reference, okay, I don't know. It's like, supposedly, it's like from 1981. There's like all these fake ROMs, but in Portland, like it was, this happened in Portland and, um, there were like lines forming around the block and people fighting over it, what to play. And then the urban legend describes how the machines are visited by men in black who collected unknown data from the machines. And then like, um, and then it was some German company. Oh boy. And, uh, and yeah. And so there's no truth to it, mm-hmm. but there's lots of rumors and, and then like and then like with the popularity of Last Starfighter, yeah. that kind of it kind of grew into this ongoing urban legend. I feel it's in like more like I said, it's like in toys. It's in a couple of different movies where 
the idea of like training, like you said, like Ender's Game. I never saw or read that, but I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where? Well, Ender's Game, um, Orson Scott Card is a horrible human being. So yeah, that's what I've heard. That caveat right there. Uh-huh. Um, but it's basically like these kids, they're in this school and they're doing these mock space battles and they're like learning to like, and supposedly it's training and then spoiler alert, the plot twist. I'm spoiling it for you. Um, should I do that? It was real all along. Yeah, it was real all along. Like, go figure. Yeah. Wow. Um, like, so they, cause they, so glad I didn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but then, the, then it gets into like, then like the sequels get into like, the kind of psychology of war yeah. and should we really be bombing these aliens? And should we and, have kids do it? And, I don't know. Yeah, like, and all this other stuff. Oh boy! But because they the other there's there's two the two books that I really liked were there's Ender's Game and then there's Ender's Shadow, mm-hmm. which actually it it's the whole story of Ender's Game through another character's perspective, oh, okay. and it was some clever storytelling. But again, like it kind of like that was that whole paranoia about video games in the 80s and where was it taking all of our young children and what it ended up taking to us is like we built giant arcade museums like this and we just like playing video games still Mm. i I don't i don't know i don't think anybody like it didn't ruin too many lives i don't think i don't think so i mean billy mitchell's like taking pictures of people i mean i'm sure his parents probably didn't think that was going to happen Mm-hmm. And he's like a celebrity. Um, I was gonna say, uh, uh, just, just because it feels relevant, um, it's, it's funny, I didn't actually even watch, uh, what's that movie? The Wizard, until oh, like yeah. a couple of years ago, but, go, you know, go That figure. movie came out the year you were born. Billy Mitchell is right here. <laughs> How you doing, Mr. Mitchell? Good, I like the air sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know about the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually recording our podcast. It's called Radio Brendo Man. And, uh, yeah, um, would you be willing to answer, like, sit down for a minute just to answer some questions? All right. Well, I don't know, can we? Yeah, if you would be willing, that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> I just came back. That's okay. I saw people walk out. What happened? They didn't like your show? I don't think they liked us. They didn't like the show. They walked out, and then I saw you sitting here, and I go, oh, I didn't know they had anything going on. And Then I I saw the large audience, so I thought I'd just sneak in, but you caught me. So... I had seen The Wizard. It's kind of a weird movie. Fred Savage is in it. Yeah. And and Universal. Yeah. You know the Universal one part? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're actually running around like the old King Kong ride and all this stuff. But, um, Billy, I just wanted to, how did you get involved here at the Arcade Museum? Have you ever seen anything like this? I know that you've been here, you've been coming here for a couple years. Well, one advantage I had is when I grew up, I grew up by Grand Prix, which was the world's largest arcade. Okay. And it was over a thousand games. That would come close to this. Yeah. That speaks like for itself. <laughs> but that would come close to this, and other than that, nothing comes close to this. Mm-hmm. Again, comes close. Um, the others are in second place. Yeah. And being in second place really sucks. So I've been told. I mean, <laughs> I'll take their word for it. So do you, do you think, I mean, we were just talking about this when we first started, but it seems like there's a resurgence in the arcade culture as 
like as the people that grew up like I I grew up in the 80s and 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 it seems like as we are becoming the core consumer base and we're nostalgic for our past that it seems like things like this are popping up in more places the barcades and that kind of stuff like do you see that growing or do you think it's just going to be a fad or well I ab- I absolutely see it growing and I see two answers for it. One that's probably real mm-hmm. that I'll share with you, and I'll share the one that's has a little bit of ego, if you don't mind. <laughs> when I did the perfect score, Masaya Nakamoto, the owner-founder of Namco, who passed away a couple of months ago, yeah. uh, he was always referred to as the father of Pac-Man. That's what he liked to be called, and I always say that when I speak of him. He flew me to Japan on a first-class ticket. Oh, wow. And treated me like gold, without a doubt. That was the highest point of my illustrious fun. And while we were on stage, and he gave me various awards, and it was award for Video Game Player of the Century, he said on stage, timing is everything. Um, the, the perfect Pac-Man, it might seem as I was some grand architect of it, but the fact is, the luck of the draw that it came on a big 20th anniversary. Just like a car after 20 years, now there's a sudden renewed interest in it. They come out with an anniversary edition of Pac-Man. It's in the news. It was USA versus Canada. There was a friendly rivalry, kind of like the Olympics. It happened on the weekend of the 4th of July where no bombs went off, no political things. It was a quiet weekend. The story ran around the world. All of that energy into one place, I take credit for. Yeah, there's a lot of luck. It's all luck. But the fact of the matter is he said that because of that, he said there would be, he credited that with what he said will be a resurgence in classic gaming. Again, the same thing happens in other industries with cars and such. That I'm flattered at. I'd like to believe that's 100% true. I'd buy myself an extra tie just to be cocky. But that's flattering. The truth is now people of our age who scrounged to get whatever money they could to play games when they could uh, skirt whatever responsibilities they had for whatever time they could. Now you're older, you have money, you have time, you go places, you go, you sit somewhere, you eat, maybe you eat and drink with friends, you have money in your pocket, and if there's games along the wall, if there's that barcade, well, yes, that's what you do. Other people, other generations, I'll talk to a reporter who has a hard time understanding it, and I'll say... Well, what'd you do in high school? And she says, I played softball. And after high school, softball pretty much came to a close. And she'll say, yeah. But once in a while, you might get together on a Sunday with friends. You have a game. She goes, yeah, this is the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's what was passionate for us at our time. So we continue to live on our passion. Yeah. And we prefer our passion over most modern things that come out. I think that's the real truth. Do I think that? will continue to grow? Absolutely. Not only that, but people that are in that atmosphere with us, in that place, in that barcade, now they get pulled into a world that they really don't know because there aren't really arcades. So they'll gain some passion for it as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I give long answers. No, I like that answer. So <laughs> I like the first part better, but the second part is definitely the truth. So do you still tour? You go around different places? No, like, I just happened to be in town today. Yeah. And, and uh, between here. flights, and you know, I, I figured I'd come here since my flight got canceled. It's very convenient. Just all <laughs> but, the way out here and uh, the truth is, I promised myself. 
Walter and I promise ourselves, I promise my wife that I won't do this more than once a month. Yeah. We lie. <laughs> so, um, after this, I'll be in Minnesota. Next weekend, I'll be in Minnesota. The state of Minnesota is having a, a lottery is introducing a scratch off, a okay. new scratch off, and it's a Pac-Man scratch off. Oh, gotcha. So at the Mall of the America, I'll be there to help unveil the new scratch off. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, things like that. They happen all the time. Um, because I really do have a business, mm-hmm. really have a wife and kids and everybody makes me pay bills just like everybody else. I mean, I know here I go to the bar and I get a free cup of ice, but it's pretty um, great. the electric company won't give me any electric for free. <laughs> so I, I got to pay attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I can't do it as much as people think I go on the road and I'm just a hired gun. Yeah. And that's obviously not true. And maybe if I was, if I didn't have all the blessings of life of a family and business and a home, yeah, that's what I would do. I do that as opposed to being homeless, but um, things are happening exactly the way I would like them to happen. Now, my youngest son is going off to college in July, and he goes off to college. Theoretically, since he's the last one, I'll have more disposable time. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, I do this kind of stuff more, but I don't know that I will. We'll see. So is your wife pretty supportive? or um, <laughs> If home life doesn't suffer, yeah, if fine. this is not a financial burden, if I get hired by the right people, as I talk about next yeah. week, then she's happy with it. Um, I'm normally harder on judging myself as far as if I'm doing the right or wrong thing family-wise. Mm-hmm. Let, let's call it domestic-wise. Yeah. Um, I'm normally a harder judge of myself. So if I say, no, I'm not going, I can't go, or I don't want to go, um, there's times where she goes, no, you can go if you want to go. And I say, no, okay, I don't want to. Do you want me to go even though I don't want to go? And she'll say, no. So she's not as tough on me as I am on me. Awesome. That's good. Do you, I guess one of my other questions for you, do you still have, I mean, it's been, what, when was King of Kong? Like, that was like over ten years ago. It's not quite, not quite. Oh, I, I almost remember that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do I still what? Well, do you still have people, because we were just talking about, we didn't, because we didn't plan you coming in here, but we were talking about how people, whenever, people don't believe me when I tell them I've met you and you're super nice. Why do you say yeah. you don't? You didn't know I was coming in here. You booked it with my agent for $1,500. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're not about? to tell anybody this stuff. We're trying to keep an illusion here, Billy. Okay. Um, the real story is the gaming back in the 80s and 90s. 80s. Yeah. Let's talk about the 80s and into the 90s. Once in a while, and not often, I'd be in some public venue, and somebody who's a hardcore gamer, maybe yourself. Yeah. Maybe somebody who had magazines or somebody that read something might see me and say, I think that's that guy. Once in a while, somebody would come up and say hi. And you talk about that being flattering. In those days, that was like unbelievable. Yeah. I'd be walking around a carnival and somebody would come up and say, aren't you that guy? And I'd say, yeah. And I'd say whatever I'd say. Well, once the perfect Pac-Man event happened, once that story, which truly went on the wire, ran around the world interviews, uh, people flying in, languages and countries I didn't know existed. At that point, I tell people, if I was recognized six out of seven days, that was a slow week, but it happened. Now, since then, 
movie groups began following us, films, documentaries, things like that. There's never, ever, ever a single day, ever, that I don't get recognized. Never. People go, oh, yeah, but come on, how many, how, never. It won't happen. If I'm out in public, there's not a day that wouldn't go by. Mm -hmm. I mean, and what's funny, when it first started happening, I promised myself, I mean, I actually said it out loud to my friends. I said it to my wife. I said, I'm never going to unappreciate the positive attention that it brings. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be like some people I've met. I've traveled in circles now of very, very famous people, some which were ridiculously nice. Um, I always credit Bruce Willis. As nice as anybody you ever knew, uh, Sylvester Stallone was. Um, And there were some that were just mean as a snake. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was standing outside with this one lady, and she must have had 25 people off to the left behind a rope, jumping, yelling, screaming up and down. Sorry. Looking for waves or hugs or kisses or anything, any recognition. She never looked to the left. She went to the right where her right was, never turned, never acknowledged, nothing. And I did. I said, I'm never, ever going to be that person. Be that person who's too busy to say hi, too busy to talk to you, too busy to return a call, too busy to return an email. I return every single call and every single email. And I have emails here that I won't show you because there's ladies in the room (laughs) that are so vile, and I actually return an email. I actually get a kick out of it. Well, yeah, because I just would assume you get a lot of that just because the way you're portrayed in certain things. But I always say, well, 99% of the people see the film like you Mm -hmm. saw, and you find it interesting or intriguing or funny or aggravating or even boring or stupid or whatever normal feeling you have. But the 1% fringe on each side, that's a movie to be made by itself. It's incredible. I think that there's really people that have such obscure thoughts in both directions. Yeah. Um, I'll get a, I'll get marriage proposals. <laughs> I'll get death threats on each end of the spectrum. And I'm just like, man, what happened to those people in their childhood or something? I, I said to one guy one time um, in a phone call, I says, do you think, like, you know, he seemed like the right age, and I mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he goes, yeah, I go, do you think, like, when he's finished filming, you think he like goes out in the street and starts shooting people or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do. I, I get a kick out of it. I I used to get a lot of bad emails. Mm-hmm. The very, very first when the movie came out, they were dominantly negative. Yeah. They're very dominantly positive now. It was like a slow switch. Well, I think you've done a good yeah. job of spreading oh. your goodwill and well, meeting once, people. Once, once in people a while, not often. Once in a while, I get a bad phone call. Yeah. Once in a while, but I've never had a negative face to face ever. Well, that's because people would yeah. never. You yeah. know, oh, I've had people say, "There's this guy coming here. He said when he sees you, he's going to pop you." I've had people say that. And then later, I'll say, "Hey, where's that guy? Oh, he saw you. He said he didn't know you were that big." <laughs> <laughs> and it turns people, out it's somebody that I eventually interacted with. You know? Do you get people like? I mean, I'm sure you get people like challenging you, like video game wise. Yeah, and I tell them I'll play them if they want, but the agreement is a penny a point. Oh. Three million pennies would be a lot of pennies. <laughs> That's awesome. But the truth is, and I'm not the only one, if you take players, um, 
I'm told, and I guess I'll accept the fact that I'm the most known or recognized, mm-hmm. um, the most loved or vilified. But if you ask other people who do what I do, when we come to these events, very little interest is there in actually playing. At a contest there is, but not at an event like this. It's really the interaction with people. First of all, seeing friends, other game players. We're not all friends, by the way. But <laughs> seeing other friends, it's really cool to come back and see people that you've seen years before. And you even interact or you learn what's what's going on in their life. So now you get caught up. Mm-hmm. And someone will say, oh, you told me this and that about my son, how this would happen, man. You were right. And I'm not always right. But that's really the gist of it. Gotcha. Well, we gotta we gotta clear the room here, but thank we gotta you very clear the much. room for. I'm Billy Mitchell. They're not gonna throw I, us out. I know. Maybe we could just we got <laughs> Billy Mitchell here now. We're good forever. All right. One last thing, just so I can push the pen. The reason why it developed into this personal thing of interacting with people, and again, I've learned as I've gone. I had a guy hire me to go to his theater in New York and play a game while he was showing the movie, <laughs> and I thought. Okay, I want to go to New York anyway to see somebody. And I just said, okay. So I arrived there by 6, like he asked. And he says, you can just play till like like 11. And I said, okay. Well, he advertised it, and people came, drove hours and hours. And they're all roped off at a distance. And they're all roped off, and I'm playing. And you drove that many hours to stand there for that many <laughs> hours. And when it was all said and done, you left. And you talk about nasty email. I drove five hours. And that son of a witch never said hi. I just got to stare at his back while he was at the machine the whole time. What I mean is that's really not fun. That's not the interaction that people come for. They want pictures or questions or autographs or selfies or, oh, my kid's going to love this. I get a picture with you. So it all turned into a personal experience. That's good to hear. So you're going to get done with this, and you're going to be on your podcast, and you'll say how I was arrogant and full of myself and <laughs> I monopolize the conversation. I mean, yeah. you're talking a little bit. Your buddy here hasn't said a word. It's his podcast. I'm just the guest. Oh. No, oh, you're the, the guest? You, I was I'm the guest. You. I'm, I'm the guest and I muscled <laughs> I in on him. you. I said, if Billy yeah. Mitchell comes in he here, said, like, you're gone, dude. I said, fine. You said we're doing a podcast. I didn't know that. Okay, <laughs> the one woman's leaving the room so we can tell the real truth now. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Well, All thank right. you, Billy. What do you guys think about Ready Player One coming out? I am, is he, if, for, if it didn't come up, he's asking about Ready Player One. See. I love that book. Um, See, you, here's Dan. the boss. And he, yeah, if Dan's... it wasn't for me, he would have thrown you out. <laughs> but he's giving you a minute. Okay. Um, just real quick, um, Ready Player One, um, I am super excited. I think if anybody's going to do it justice, it's Spielberg. I think he's got a lot of big plans for it. I love the book, like, so much. I just I hope they don't screw it up. Have you been contacted at all for it? Yeah, have they come. You know, you're not familiar? It's a homage to the 80s with video games. Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. The new movie is coming out. Oh, I also have another question. Okay, um, we got one more question. Uh, it's about pixels. Like, Billy, <laughs> um, uh, was Peter Dinklage trying to, uh, was supposed to be you? We were just talking about this, too. <laughs> what made you think me? <laughs> because he's kind of like, how, like, you kind of look. Kind of we're like the same height and. No, it's actually kind of hair. I think they were trying to do it as a joke to you. Well, I heard he prepared a long, long time to get a lot of hair and to try to fill that void. But the truth is, I'm told that yes, his image is a combination of me, Richie Knuckles, 
mm-hmm. who had a little interaction with the film in Ken House. So without lying, everybody sees him and says, that's Billy Mitchell. <laughs> so, And then everyone asked me what I thought of it, and I, I didn't see the movie. I haven't seen but, it. Let's face it. You're probably Pete, better Pete, off. Peter Dinklage is a great guy, and yeah. maybe his acting came up a little short. <laughs> no, he, he he's a he's an actor whose stock is on the way up. He is. He's a good guy. All right. Well, Billy, um, you talked about your businesses. Are you still selling your hot sauce? That's my real job is That's manufacturing your, sauce. Okay, and you're out of. That's the one that pays the bills. And where can people find that online? Well, you can come to the show here and find it. That's how I plug it. <laughs> okay, Arcade Expo. Come look up Billy Mitchell, buy his hot sauce. Thank you, Billy, for joining us. The truth is, all the sauce that's here, I donate. Okay. When you buy it, it goes to help the different causes they're trying to do, like trading cards and stuff like that. Gotcha. Well, thank you, Billy. All right. Play to win. Don't let the bastards get to you. Okay. All right. Well, Andrew, it's been fun. Yeah. And what are you going to go play right now? Oh, man. You're going to go play kicks? Uh, no, I'm going to go to the pinball room. I have not been to the pinball room at all. Check out the pinball room. Mm. All right. Well, this has been fun. I'm glad we got to talk to Billy. And um, be sure to check out RadioBrendo.com. And, uh, Andrew, what do you got going on? Anything? Uh, there's there's some new podcast stuff coming. You'll Benview see. Network.com. Uh, if you're a fan of Shut Up Leonard, uh, check it out. At the, uh, at the end of the month, there's going to be a new episode, uh, Shut Up. ShutUpLeonard.com. ShutUpLeonard on... Uh, Are you interviewing Leonard? No, not yet. But uh, we're going to work on that. But there's um, there's a special episode. We're going to... Uh, it'll come out at the end of the month. That's all, all right. That's all I want to say right now. So BenvyNetwork.com and you're at Podcaster Andrew? Yes. Okay. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. And um, Phil will be back at some point. Uh, and we're, well, we're going to start recording new episodes. I get back on April 10th. So after that, we'll be doing new episodes. So um, hit me up at BrendoMan on Twitter or RadioBrendo.com for everything else. And if you're going to be in Orlando um, for uh, the WrestleMania week or if you're going to be at WrestleCon, also hit me up because I'm still looking for guests and stuff. And if you work for Universal, hook me up. So that's going to do it for Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. I'm Andrew Lindy. Have a good one, everybody, and John Goobang Do.
is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Hello out there in Benview podcast land. My name is Josh and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games or more accurately listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at ExtraDamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. 